country, more in terms of continuities than ruptures, more in terms of contingencies than inevitabilities. And his books include Inside Hitler's Greece, Dark Continent, Europe's 20th Century, and Salonika, City of Ghosts, Christians, Muslims, and Jews, 1430 to 1950. He is the Ira Wallach Professor of World Order Studies at Columbia University and the Program Director of the Center for International History there. <coughs> All right, so let me turn to some points of intersection and common questions that we found, we find in our four books today. I think the first point of uh, intersection is the issue of the character of modern war. Both Mazower and Kennedy offer insights into the particular brutality with which the Second World War was fought. They both highlight the incendiary nature of fanatical nationalism and racism at war. Hitler's empire details exactly how the Nazis ruled their vast empire in occupied Europe and how the fact that they considered their subjects in the East to be racially inferior produced an occupation of enslavement and extermination. In Danger's Hour, Max Kennedy explores the culture and ideology that produced Japanese kamikaze pilots and how they in turn shaped the character of the war in the Pacific. A second overlapping theme we have today is the varieties of empire. In Peace Be Upon You, uh, Carabel ex excavates the early history of Isl Islamic empire, finding a style of rule that depended upon toleration and diversity. He stresses the accommodation to people of the book, Christians and Jews, found in Muslim rule up until the modern period. And he demonstrates that an empire that drew in conquered peoples rather than exacting retribution was a much more prosperous and stable style of empire. In Hitler's empire, we find the opposite lesson. The Nazis ruled with no plan for the future, only a mad desire for land in the East and for the destruction of Jews and Bolsheviks. Even where the Nazis initially found allies and collaborators in the East, such as anti-communist Ukrainians um, and Bessarabians, their rapacious brutality and their hardened racial thinking drove away these collaborators. The Nazi fantasy of an Eastern Europe populated by German settlers ruling over enslaved Slavs became just that. A third issue for us to consider is the ways in which each of these books takes on an assumed or accepted historical interpretation and challenges it challenges a received wisdom. Jonathan Kirsch in the Grand Inquisitor's Manual rejects the traditional division of the Inquisition into three separate entities. Uh, often the, the Inquisition is seen as the Medieval Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition, and the Roman Inquisition. For Kirsch, the Inquisition was a centralized and unified instrument of terror. He argues that the Inquisition and the thought control it represented is a template for us to understand all state control over citizens that followed in the wake of the Inquisition. So he challenges historians who argue that the Inquisition was not so violent or autocratic, 
that the Inquisition should be seen in its historical context, that the secular authorities at the time were even worse than the Inquisition. He rejects all of that, those ideas uh, and forces us to see the Inquisition as a whole. Zachary Carabell refuses to accept the permanence or inevitability of conflict between Muslims, Jews, and Christians. And he searches in his book for points of coexistence, from the courts of the early caliphs to Maimonides in the court of Saladin to contemporary Dubai. Uh, Mark Mazower handily revises an older narrative that assumed coherence in Nazi plans for the occupation of Europe. He demonstrates the wild improvisation that characterized Nazi rule and the subordination of practical politics and military strategy to the phantasm of racial purity. Max Kennedy unearths a key episode in the war in the Pacific, the, uh, the last kamikaze attack.